Good morning, crypto. Uh, you're on mute, Abs. You're on mute, Abs. Let's start that all over again. <laughs> Did we lose him? No, he's just on mute. Yeah, yeah it shows you on mute. Well. <laughs> well, good morning, good morning. Yes, How are you today? Hopefully you're all doing well as we have technical difficulties. We literally just had abs two seconds ago. We were talking to him. Let's see if he reboots here. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Uh, oh, okay, I guess we uh, we lost. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> I can keep them entertained. Uh, good morning, everybody. How's it going? Appreciate you guys joining us today. We've got Waters Above. That's actually, are you back, Abs? Hey, can you guys hear me now? There we go. There we go. Perfect. There we go. I don't know what is going on this morning, but don't worry. I got the introduction ready to roll. So Let's good roll. morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Super G Gonzo is joining us today, and we have a very special guest as Waters Above Crypto is going to be breaking down all of the things that our listeners should be aware of in this market today. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how this bear market is different from the rest. With September 26th just around the corner, we ask our special guest the significance of this date. Coinbase is claiming that crypto regulation is a national security threat. Could this be another way for the government to centralize this market? XRP's price is moving even during these turbulent times. With the global economy looking more bearish than ever, we discuss if this is the moment that XRP rises from the ashes. Wadspay has made a clear connection to an Indian central bank digital currency, while Hedera Hashgraph has partnered with Visa for beta testing on blockchain payments. We show our listeners how ISO coins are set to rocket in 2025. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Waters, I am sorry about the confusion. We are going to go straight to you, my friend, because there's so much on my mind. And one of the most important questions that everyone's wondering is about the Shemitah. So I just want to give you the floor. Thank you for making time for us today. And, and what's on your mind, my friend? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys and appreciate your listeners and it's all love. And yeah, I mean, not a, not a lot has been on my mind because I've been talking about this date for the past year and a half, almost two <laughs> years now. So it's been a repetitive, uh, repeatable theme in my work. And I've luckily been able to, you know, I'm very, very grateful actually to have connected with Coach JV. And he gave me the platform back about a year ago to expose the Shemitah date. So I'm just super grateful. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. And I'm, I'm like, blown away how close we are to this event actually like the more that we get closer to it uh, i just feel i feel really uh, confident and calm and i think that's what my community is feeling that we're just feeling the state of calmness and the masses during the seven-year cycle they're typically blindsided they just have no idea what's about to happen and you know this isn't necessarily about predictions but it's more about just getting ready to be okay with what comes next and what happens next might not be what you what you think and it might not be what you expect so uh, i'm not sure exactly what you'd like me to get into regarding the shemitah if you want me to break down some of the basics and fundamentals of it i i can't if you'd like 
Waters, that would be awesome. But we're going to circle right back to you because I know like Gonzo has some comments this morning. Gonzo, you've been a huge fan of Waters for a long time, and now you're finally on the podcast with them. So it's a pretty cool day. How are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, man, I'm feeling really good. Yeah, it's awesome because, you know, for me, it kind of comes full circle because, like, I found Coach JV first and then I found Waters. So, you know, shout out to the Wolfpack. Uh, I've been part of that community for a while, his mastermind course, Trading Wolves, stuff like that. And so, yeah, it, it's awesome, dude. Just super excited. Um, you know, sometimes when we talk about the Shemitah and different things like that, we don't do it justice. So I'm glad that, you know, Waters is here to answer questions. Uh, we could probably grab some questions off the chat because – really he's the expert, right? Like we all go off of like what he's saying. Definitely. And this is a special episode. So I'm looking forward to acting with the live chat. If you guys have any questions that you want us to ask waters, please type them in and we'll be sure to address those. But before we do that, we got Mr. Johnny K in the building. Johnny, I'm always happy to see your face. How are you feeling this morning, my friend? I'm happy to see your face as well, Abs, and everybody else's for that matter. But first of all, let's start like we always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Thank you for showing up every day like you always do. You're true warriors. And I also want to give a shout-out today. Good morning to all the Wolfpack folks that we have here today uh, following Jordan. I love Jordan Harry. When I, I'm Jordan Harry. <laughs> I should say waters above crypto, Jordan. When I first started getting into crypto, uh, after I got into it through Coach JV, the first person I started following was Waters Above. Fascinated by exactly the way he takes the thinking completely outside of the block. Um, a whole new way to think and look about, you know, factoring in all these different elements in the world and how things work, frequencies and all these different elements to really have you look at it from a different perspective. The Gematria is really awesome. So thank you for that. I've really been fascinated by your work. Been a, a wolf packer for the longest time now. And so to all you guys out there, thank you for following. We'd love to. Can't wait to get jump into this and get started. Thanks, Johnny. And I want to give a shout out to Waters too, because there's an interesting story about how deep your connections go, right? So I showed your content to my family who is not open-minded <laughs> to this stuff just a year ago, right? And they were super critical. They didn't believe in it. Well, now they're continually not only consuming your content, they're calling me to ask about my opinion. So it's really, really cool. You're opening up the minds and you're changing people's perspectives. You know, whether you recognize it or not, you're having a massive, massive impact. And I'm sure you recognize that. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every single member of our team. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is at the exact same level it was yesterday. Johnny Crypto, we're still in extreme fear, and I think it's because of the price action. So we're going to dive into that right now. The total coin market cap is sitting at $930 billion this morning. We've got Bitcoin at 40% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,100. Ethereum is $1,300. XRP is back below $0.40, cents, sitting at $0.39 cents this morning. Cardano is $44. Stellar is $11. Algorand, $0.31. Cents. Hedera Hashgraph, and we have a massive partnership to announce with Hedera Hashgraph. They are still below six cents. And the last one we're going to cover is Quant, which is still maintaining that three-digit price. But we're going right back to Waters here. Waters, I'd love to stay focused on the Shemitah and not actually the price action in particular. One of the dates that we've continued to hear about is this September 23rd and September 24th date. And you had a really comment, really funny comment before the stream. So <laughs> I'd love to give you the floor. What are you watching? Um... Yeah, I think what I was just commenting on was that when I have a bunch of people come to me with dates, uh, I typically disregard them. And it's not because of like being a contrarian's contrarian or to uh, be disrespectful in any way, shape or form. It's just that I'm a decoder. So I, I get the dates and I have my methodology and my rhymes and, you know, rhyme and reason for how I come up with them. So 
I put in the work to design my own art and I'm very focused on that and I don't like to be influenced. And well, with that being said, when I hear 20, 30, 100 people come at me with the same exact date and start giving me the similar reasons and uh, uh, possible outcome of, of what's going to happen on that date, that's a clear sign for me to disregard it. And sometimes even when I work very, very hard to decode a date and then I start seeing people pile up on top of it, that's sometimes where I'll go back on my own work and even like humbly say, well, then maybe nothing's going to happen now because what's popular is wrong. That's Oscar Wilde. And I really like to just decode on my own and try to be influenced by my own uh, frequency with that. But what I will say about the 24th, and it's something that I exposed in my, exposed in my last YouTube video, is the 24th of September is two days before Rosh Hashanah. And we're very, yeah, it's very noticeable there's a theme of the number two this year because we're in the Gregorian year of 2022. And we're also in the Hebrew year. You know, we keep talking about the Shemitah and that is a, that's actually practiced in Judaism. It's a seven year cycle that happens uh, based off of the Hebrew calendar. So the 26th of September is going to be Rosh Hashanah, the Hebrew New Year, and this will be the end of the Shemitah. So it actually started back in September 7th of 2021. And we are seeing this theme of two even in the Hebrew year because it's the Hebrew year 5,782 and five plus seven plus eight plus two in numerology is 22. So we know that we had Pluto's return this year. That was on February 22nd, the 222 date. We had, uh, you know, Chinese Lunar New Year starting on February 2nd, the 22 date. <laughs> I mean, you could just keep going. Um, so this will be two days before the day of Rosh Hashanah. And anything that has a theme of two is going to be powerful. The next thing to say is that it's the transition date into the day before uh, the end of the Shemitah which has a 22 date numerology. So we're seeing twos all surrounding this particular date. And that's about all I can say. Um, I really don't find the big major significance to be around the 23rd or the 24th necessarily. But in my last YouTube video that I released, I did do a very thorough decode on that. So anyone's more than welcome to check that out. It's on my YouTube channel, Waters Above. And um, I think really the dates to be paying attention to most are Monday, the 26th, because the stock market will be open that day. That's the actual date of Rosh Hashanah. That's the, the new moon. So that moving forward till November 7th is a big window of time that I think we're going to start to see what people, you know, like to call market crashes. And what I mean by market crash, I mean like the typical kind of thing you see happen with the S&P where we have, you know over 30% correction from local all-time high. Yes, Johnny, I know you had a question prepared, so I'm going to give you the floor here, but he brought up something very important, which is that Monday, September 26th is the day he's watching. We actually saw a video come out this week. I think it was the German Minister of Finance saying that September 24th is going to be a day where everyone on the planet remembers where they were and waters above <laughs> you. <laughs> exactly. So I want to have your quick comments there. Like, why do you think people are making statements like that? And why are those being leaked to the public, right? It's, it's a classic misdirection. Because because human beings are are, are skeletons with emotions. <laughs> so the the powers that be the they know they could use the influence of media to inject fear into the soft skulls of man to get them to be influenced by whatever they desire. They're like puppet strings. That's all it is. They're just pulling the strings. 
And this is why my work centers so much around like, hey, guys, like we can decode and know more about the future through the aspect of the ripple effect of time. And we could decode accordingly. But please do not live in fear. So when you're learning about these dates from mainstream media, I mean, it's a clear sign. How many I'll give another example to everyone. And I think this might hit home. And I know this especially because I work in this crypto space. This is my business is in this space. And when Tether was getting all the FUD, everyone just saying Tether is going to collapse. It's going to, you know, it's going to do this, that, and the third. They were getting 99% of the crypto community focused on Tether. But what really collapsed was Terra Luna and UST. Yep. You see yep. what they do? They show you this yep. hand so you don't look at this hand. And it's it was one of the most successful crypto projects that did incredibly well. I mean, look at look at how well it did. It was so successful, Terra Luna. But then they give you the theater surrounding it with Doquan and like all this other shit that's like, you know, added on. It's like a big recipe for uh, confusion for people. But what could have saved them from that confusion is what I said before. Everything that's popular is wrong. So if you would have been paying attention to the year before that event happening, with not giving your energy to the tether FUD, it would have actually protected you probably from the bigger real thing that ended up happening. So we just have to look at it through those lenses. You know, when the government starts coming out and telling you that UFOs are real and shit, well, that's a sign. It's like, just keep paying attention to these little nuggets. You know, they're trying to get you to believe in things, but not develop your own sense of reality, like sense of uh, truth. And I'm just going to say that the 24th, 23rd, like if you're hearing people that are popular come out and talk about it, it's probably a sign that it's just the misdirection, as you said. Yeah, it's, it makes sense. You know, we, we know at the end of the day, as Coach likes to say, well, everybody's looking this way. They're doing something that way. Right. And that's really where we like to focus. You know, it's funny. We have, or I should say, Waters, we've talked about it on this show. There's so much talk about terror, um, not terror, but tether crashing. And we said, you know what? You don't get warnings when stuff crashes. It, right. happens. it just happens, right? And so it'll be very interesting to see. But, you know, there's a lot of talk here about, about Jubilee. And, I, and by the way, I'm not promoting that tether is a good project or, or a solid stable coin. I'm just, it was purely for the example of yeah. a, a real thing that happened. Because saying the tether collapse and all this, that was just conspiracy. That was just uh, rumor. Yeah, but te what happened with Luna was not rumor. It really happened. So right. that was really the grandiose point. It's not even to say that uh, Terra Luna stablecoin was bad. It's just you got to pay attention. You're playing with fire in this market, man. Like you think you're smart, you think you're hot shit until you're not. And then and Johnny, if you didn't have. Go ahead, sorry, Waters. I was just gonna say if you don't have risk management in place in your own sophisticated investment thesis that you developed, well then you kind of deserve it at the end of the day if things go against you because you're just blindly believing the external opinions and belief systems of others. When you start to develop your own investment thesis, which is what I teach, I don't want people to copy me. I don't want you to copy Waters Above's portfolio. What does that do for you? But if I could teach you how to build a portfolio and teach you technical analysis and teach you how to decode and teach you how to actually read the charts, well then you get to walk away from me. You never have to watch my videos again. You get to do your own research there with that base knowledge that you developed. And for me, that's the most beautiful thing a teacher could could have happen. It's pretty interesting. You're almost teaching people how to be self-sufficient with investing like a farmer who raises their own food. But one of the things you brought up was the algorithmic stablecoin Luna. And what most people did is they didn't do their research and they didn't understand the difference between something that's actually backed by assets and something that needs a profitable trading mechanism 
in order to be sustainable, right? So when we headed into this bear market, we saw Terra Luna collapse and we saw most people who were invested in that project didn't understand it was an algorithmic stablecoin. So it goes right back to what you were talking about, not actually understanding the technology. But Johnny, I know you had a question, so I'm going to go right back to you. Yeah, no, just building on it. So we know that. The, so I guess when we look at the the Smitha, historically, uh, Waters, maybe you can share a little bit more. Historically, do we tend to see market pullbacks, significant pullbacks? And do those tend, in your opinion, to be maybe the most opportune time to, mm -hmm. let's say, hop into these markets for that next, uh, you know, for the beginning of Jubilee? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, that's a great. Well, first and foremost, Jubilee is a very rare occurrence. It's something that happens on seven cycles of seven Shemitah years. So that's 49 years. And then on the 50th year, you practice biblical Jubilee. And a lot of people probably don't agree with me in my uh, outlook that 2023 is going to be Jubilee. Actually, a lot of rabbis disagree with me. A lot of um, people in the finance sector that is aware of, of Jubilee. They were predicting that it would happen back in 2016, and a lot of people were adamant that what happened during the the C word back in a 2020 March, uh, the pandemic, like when that actually occurred, that was when they were predicting that it would start then, you know. And anyways, I just wanted to make some uh, to clarify that because nobody knows when Jubilee is. There's no proof of it being an exact year, and there's different forms of Jubilee as well. So mm. I'm looking at 2023 is going to be a reset like an actual market we're going to be seeing a global currency sort of re like they're going to lay out a new a new plan and i don't think it's going to be implemented and practiced in 2023 i think they're just going to lay out the plan you know and the way we respond to it is all that matters so it kind of comes back to what johnny crypto just said and i'll answer the first part of the question which is are these seven-year cycles opportunists like yeah they're absolutely opportunities i mean if you could just go back and look at all the shemitah years you see that the one before this was chinese stock market and asian markets had a lot of destabilization then you go seven years before that you have 2007 2008 that was the housing market subprime mortgage crisis you have seven years before that you have the dot-com bubble and 9 11 that gave you a double opportunity by the way and that was a huge correction for the um, NASDAQ. So if you got into tech stocks in like 2001 at the tail end into 2002, I mean, you wouldn't even care about crypto today. If you bought Amazon back in that crash, like you're you're doing well, bro. Like That was Johnny. Too bad awesome. I was a dumbass. Yeah. But no, he no, sold no. it. <laughs> no, I bought it at 17, thought I was hot shit, and sold it at 27 like a moron, which I think prepared yeah. me. But I'll save that. I've told that story many, many times. Okay. Well, actually, that says something else. And this is something that I've been not saving, but I'm just, you guys know me. I like to, I like to focus on what's important at the moment. So even though I prepare people far in advance with the big picture, like it's very important that we take what Johnny just said and actually just take a step back. We have seven good years and then seven bad years. So if you look there, if you look at 2000 market and you look at the 2007 market, you'll see a double top across like the S&P. It, it cratered for like a year and a half to two years, but then it rose for the until the next seven year cycle. So this is a sign you buy the Shemitah and you sell before the Shemitah happens, like right before it. It's such a perfect timing game. And if you were to look at what just happened, if you even sold crypto back in September of 2021 compared to today, I mean, you'd be doing it would be a lot different of a story in your portfolio, correct? So yep. you could just with the patience game and knowing about the seven year cycle, you could have sold all of your stuff 
you know, and then just be rebuying in when we get to this uh, end of the Shemitah time frame. So historically, not every single time are we seeing a market crash after the Shemitah. Sometimes we see a market just correct right into it, and then we get like a fall time lull, and then it kind of buys back into Q4, uh, like the end of that actual Gregorian year. So you need to know, for first and foremost, that we're talking about two separate calendars at the same time right now, and that could add some confusion to people. Mm. Basically, Rosh Hashanah is happening within the month of September. Typically, you'll see it extended out to October because it's changing year by year because of the moon cycle. In Judaism, they're actually looking at lunar and solar cycle as opposed to the Gregorian calendar. It's not operating on both necessarily. So I'm trying to add as much value into my response right now because I think it'll answer a lot of other uh, secondary and tertiary questions. But ultimately, what I'm seeing is that the eclipses play a huge role in combination with the Shemitah. So let's go. Let's keep going. After we talk about 2000 and 2001, we have the bond market in 93. That was horrendous. Then you have 87, which was Black Monday. We all know what that was like. So that rise that we saw in 87, do you guys, uh, have you studied that market? I loved it. (laughs) I'm not as familiar with Johnny, but yes, I did. Okay, so when you study this market, you see that it actually rose through the entire Shemitah year. Like it just kept going up like a roller coaster. And then right when it got past the Shemitah at the end, like imagine today, but in 1987, right now when we're having this conversation, the next eclipse, the next eclipse that came, this thing fell off a cliff, like within days, it just corrected. And the way that it corrected was similar to all the other Shemitah years. So it's taught me that there is a mechanism here where they like are using fib retracement tools and percentages to essentially put uh, hard shorts on the market and then buy walls at the bottom. Like the same person that's coming in, and I'll just admit it, it's the Fed and central banks. They're putting in these seriously leveraged shorts, pushing the market through any levels that retail could possibly you know, hold trades open for, injecting a lot of fear with things like news and even events. You know, It could even be events. Then they have buy walls set at the bottom already. Like they're wizards, man. They don't give a shit about you and your emotions. And when you start learning numerology, you'll start to see that all these buy walls that I speak of and all of these all-time highs are in perfect synchronicity with moon cycles, gematria, numerology. And it's it's amazing when you watch it unfold, even down to big sports events in the Shemitah year. Like the Super Bowls that happen on Shemitah years, if we have uh, Olympics, everything. It's insane, actually, when you start to decode it because... I, again, like what Ab said, if he was to just show this work to his family or whatever, they would think it's insane. But the proof is there. You know, that's what gets people to believe because you see the proof. It's undeniable once you start to see cycle after cycle after cycle for 100 years of chart data in the S&P. What is there to contest? It's not it's not even esoteric, actually. It's just people don't have the eyes to see. And another side of it is people believe that it's like the judaism is doing it no guys it's not the there's no religion that's creating this it is just the way that this fake market could seem real okay when you have fiat money it's fake and you have fractional reserve banking for every dollar there's 10 printed this is a fake system so they create money out of thin air they walk up to a computer they press a a keystroke and there's a trillion dollars they put it into the market which i don't even understand how that's legal but they do it like there's been talks that at the end of the Shemitah, 
that the Fed the Fed could just come in and buy Apple. Like, how does that? How is that legal? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And one of the biggest problems that I have with that whole narrative is the fact that these big companies get so big that they can't fail. So the only people who suffer in the end is the people like us. Yeah. And don't, don't you notice that Apple's cash position is what it is? And this is another thing I keep telling people. I'm like, you guys keep talking about cat, not you, but the, the gold bugs and the people that are like ultra, you know, fear based preppers. They keep thinking that there's going to be a dollar collapse. And I'm telling them like Shmita is deflationary. Like, dude, the dollar's going to people are having this kind of confusion of what's going around because they miss this little piece of the Shemitah. And I'm hoping that my work that I've been doing over the last couple of years helps debunk and demystify some of what's happening here behind market crashes, the behavior of the dollar, which is the US, US dollar currency, and just the overall market in, in general and why all these other things are surrounding it. It's like a Russian doll. And I'm just here to like take each layer of the Russian doll, put it on the table and be like, hey, look at it. Like <laughs> this isn't conspiracy. It just is what it is. And when we're calm and able to navigate this calmly, we could actually take it as an opportunity. So of course, yes. when there's blood in the streets, it's the greatest opportunity of all time. And I believe that this November, October, November will be the greatest buying opportunity um, in cryptocurrency, probably since the be beginning of 2018. Johnny, I know you have a question there, but I want to remind our listeners, we have 396 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm sure so many of us are part of the Wolf Pack, so thank you for collaborating and being here. Really appreciate you tuning in. But, Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor. Give that give that like button a warrior elbow drop. And, uh, um, Warner, you said something interesting there. You mentioned um, the cycle runs in seven years, seven good years, seven bad years. Uh, so where are we at now? Are we – running into did we just have seven bad and we're hitting to seven good or are we looking for seven bad what's your thoughts on what we're going to see for the next seven for people that are asleep it's going to be seven bad for people that are awake it's life mm. yep when you're when you're just when you're illuminated to what's going on here you figure out a way you always know how to respond when you don't pay attention to what's about to happen, you could have your 401k wiped out. You could have everything taken from you in moments. So, of course, the next seven years are going to suck for you because you weren't paying attention. You were paying attention, but it was to the news. You were paying attention, but it was to the narrative. You weren't paying attention to your higher self and developing a plan for yourself. So why do you think during the pandemic we saw some businesses do the best they've ever done? Because when everyone else is failing, energy has to go somewhere. The energy just leaves the, the collective and it enters the ones who have the ability to respond, the ones who have perseverance, the ones who are making change, the person, the people who are taking action. So I try to speak to the ears of leadership. Like I want the people who listen to my work to not look at me as a leader. I want to unlock the leader within you. Like, And what I mean by leader is someone who takes action for self, not somebody who's waiting around for call outs or whatever predictions. There's something bigger to life. And if you're just kind of like going uh, with the ebbs and flows of bull and bear run, well, then you're happy when there's a bull run and then you're sad when there's a bear market. And what's that? That's not life. And how many people year after year, decade after decade, that's how they literally live their whole life. When their business sucks or when something's going wrong with their portfolio, they're, they're sad. And then when they're winning and the portfolio is going up, they feel happy. But have you noticed that that same exact person can never sell when they're up and they 
they're scared. I have, I have been that person. I have been that person personally waters. And what's so interesting about that is there's no, there's, there's there's absolutely no point where you feel satisfaction, right? The price goes up and you're sitting there saying, well, I had $1,500 to enter the market with, and the price goes down (laughs) and you're upset because now the price is down. So it's a losing game and you have to set your exit targets and you have to have a plan when you enter this market in the first place, but sorry to cut you off. I'm gonna let you continue. Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. Like I'm trying, I know that I could do technical analysis and I could decode and it seems kind of complicated for some people, but really what I spend 80% of my words of wisdom on is getting people to unlock that more conscious perspective. Like how do you become an action taker and not an emotional reactionist? And when we're having markets that are like, I'll give an example. And this is true. I know this because people could even go into the comments section of my videos back when it happened. But in April and May, when I started my YouTube channel, uh, I was talking about XRP will break out to $1 plus for the first time since this one event. And I gave Gamatria numerology and all these breakdowns as to why it would happen. And then I actually sold the entire way up. I was selling at 120, 140, 170, 186. And every single time that I exposed that I was selling, the XRP army would like nail another, you know, in the crucifix. It was like they hated me. And I'm like, but guys, like I'm just I bought the crypto at 17 cents and I'm seeing it at a dollar 80. Like I have a family to feed, bro. Like I got shit to take care of. Like, who are you? (laughs) You're an emotional skeleton. (laughs) You're never going to sell. Because when that shit rolls over, you're just going to be the one complaining. You're going to be the one saying, I wish I sold. And when it goes back to 20 cents, you're going to be saying, I wish I bought. And you're just going to keep doing that over and over again. See, what I learned is technical analysis is not an emotional thing. It's not like there's no room for your for your emotion. It's just you need to know what you're doing. You need to be able to diagnose what the probabilities of this market are going to do next. And then you have a plan and you trade the plan. So when I see that there's a Gamatria connection for the number 86 with XRP, of course, I'm going to sell at $1.86. I'm not going to wait for YouTubers to validate my play. I'm not going to wait for Twitter to validate my. And I know people don't want it. Some people don't want to hear this because it's like too spicy. But this is just me being real. And when I see XRP do its next move, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to talk about I'm selling and I'm going to probably you're going to see a different response now. You're going to see people go, oh, I remember when Waters was talking about selling that one time. We were a little bit aggressive, but now we're seeing that, you know, it's about protecting ourselves. It's not about being right and wrong. A market is not about being right and wrong, guys. Like Michael Burry is not that talented. He was actually wrong for a really long time and lost a fuck ton of money until he was right. And if Michael Burry knew about the Shemitah, if he would have called me up, (laughs) he would have saved him and his clients a lot of money. And he probably wouldn't have had the shit storm he had to deal with. No, I'm just messing around, but seriously. No, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. And it yeah. is a funny point. It is funny. Yeah. It's it's like it goes to show no. you that he, he was he right. Was he right. was right, but he right. was being he was crucified being. during the whole process. And nobody believed in him. And that's what I admire about the Michael Burries is yes, like they had the perseverance, they did the due diligence of creating their own analysis. Like he had his own vision and he was right. Because the writing was on the wall. Like it's like us talking about all the things that we talk about in crypto and the possibilities of the future. Like, what do we have? 20,000 altcoins? This is all going away. Like, this is nonsense. When companies like Celsius and all these, like, you know, they they're it is there real money behind these companies? I really don't know. But I know there's real money behind Apple. 
I know Warren Buffett's investing in Bank of America. Like I know the real, but when it comes to blockchain and crypto, I mean, you could take one of these shit coins and you could just send it to the moon with like $200,000. And you look at the market cap of that crypto and it's $300,000. I mean, that's somebody's yearly salary. And this is a whole crypto. And people want to play with that fire. And it's fine. If you want to do that, go for that. But like the long-term sustainability is not actually there. It's going to be a day where it goes away, just like in the dot-com bubble. Nobody believed that all that would go away. And it did. And when it did, all those people that were playing that game, they were left, you know, like confused. And 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 now they had no backup plan because they never developed a strong investment thesis to begin with. Gonzo, I want to give you the floor. I know you have questions, but we got 468 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Waters Above is taking time to inform our listeners, and I couldn't be more thankful. But I know that Gonzo had a question prepared, so I'm going to give him the floor. Floor is yours, my friend. Well, it wasn't really a question, just a comment. Like, just to back up what Waters was saying, like, I think you did a very good job of uh, preparing your community, right? Preparing our community uh, with, like, not being uh, so involved in the price. Because I remember, like, in December, when everything, like, everyone was saying that Bitcoin was going to 100K, how, like, toxic it got, right? And, like, everybody was upset, and they were all angry, and they were, like, pointing fingers, and and uh, I thought it was total bullshit, right? Like nobody wanted to take financial responsibility for their decisions, right? And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned from you is you got to come up with your own investment thesis, right? Your own plan and then trade that plan, right? You can't point at others, right? If I lose money in this market, it's my fault and nobody else's, right? Um, and that's, and, and I just want to say, I think, I thought that was very just empowering. And, and I saw a shift in, in the wolf pack after December going into this year where we got rid of as retail left that toxicity kind of left the, oh, yeah. the community also, you know, that's what I mean? why it's a blessing. Like it's a blessing, man. Like when the flood comes, like when the flood comes, it's like the ones that were like seeing the flood when it was knee deep, like knee level, you know, they're the ones that are going to be on the other side of it as a community. Perfectly fine. It's the ones that wait and wait and wait till it's up to their eyeballs. And then they're complaining that like, you know, they didn't take Noah seriously. <laughs> and it's like they're partying and shit while they're like their lungs are filling up with water. And that's like that really comes back to it. It's like, why are you waiting for someone else to figure out life for you? Why wait and wait and wait? It's like being at school. You're just being at school, but forever. You're waiting for a teacher to tell you how to be or raise your hand to use the bathroom. It's like this indoctrination starts at a very young age and it goes throughout life, decade after decade. So everyone must understand that if you're somebody who's like this, if you're somebody who is a little bit like tethered to the market uh, and the market influencers and you're unable to develop your own investment thesis, don't worry. Like we're not singling you out or trying to offend you. We're trying to show you that there's a deeper truth here. And hopefully, you know, this could influence you to being more of yourself and developing something based from self. So when something happens, you're able to take personal responsibility, but also you can take it as a learning experience. Like for me, I remember all the times I sold and I got stronger and stronger and stronger at selling every time I let go. But at first it wasn't easy because I had the same addiction as everyone else has. I'm addicted to intangible coins. Look at how cool I am. I have VeChain token. You know, I don't my XRP. I, I was told XRP is going to go to 589. So if I let go 10 of them, I'm like sitting there with a calculator fucking worried, you know, and I get it. Like, but guys, you got to You got to know that it's OK. Like, it's OK. And if you have that connection with an intangible blockchain fucking private key, 
then what's life going on for you on the on all the other things, you know? But I have to admit, I have to admit, I went through this too. And because I went through it and because I was able to look in the mirror, self-reflect, this is what made it easier for me to help. It's as simple as that. Like none of us are perfect. We must admit, we must forgive ourselves, but don't have guilt and shame or blame yourself in the process because investing is an emotional roller coaster. But just remember, like when you take the emotions out, it's a process. It's not like you just snap out of it overnight. But what helps you snap out of it is actually having some sort of technical skill that comes along, right? That's all I can say. Like, if you're somebody who's worried while you're driving of getting a flat tire because you're in the middle of nowhere, well, how about you take a week to learn how to change tires? How about you learn like the process and the skill? So when the day comes and it happens, you don't have to be freaking out. Like, you just have the skill. It's very simple. But the world we have today is like, nope, we just get roadside assistance and a guy just fucking a UFO drops a man off with a wrench and it's fine. Or your self-driving car will just levitate back to the parking garage. You know, it's it's we have a world that not only has the indoctrination system of schools, but it's also become too easy. And with it being too easy, it's removed that it's removed that desire for humanity to 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 want to be self-sufficient. So I get it. I just I just want to say I get it. You brought up a fantastic point, Waters, which is the fact that you have to have that independence within yourself to stand by your decisions. And the only way you're going to do that is if you really understand what you're investing in. And that's one of the mistakes I made when I first entered this market. I didn't value Ethereum. I didn't value Bitcoin, some of the mainstream adopted cryptos, because I was so focused on the technology that I was I was saying, we're going into a utility run. This was early 2020, right before the C-19 crisis, fake crisis. And one of the things that I realized about myself was that if I was able to understand the actual use case of each token, I wouldn't have a problem selling. I wouldn't have a problem trading within those things. And one of the things that we created here is Merlin, which is actually an exit strategy app that we are all using within our group. And it will be launched within the next 30 days. So Johnny Crypto, that is your cue, my Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Exactly what we've been talking about throughout this whole podcast, because exit strategy is the way you survive this market. I know Gonzo had a comment. I'm going to kick it to you. Yeah, Joey, it's not a paid promotion. Uh, It's a little bit different. It's our company. We created it. So uh, a little bit different. It's our company because that's what I think Waters is talking about, where where you get together with, with people of the same vibrational frequency and you create things, right? We saw a need where uh, there was a lacking in the apps that were out and we got together with developers and we created an app that fixes that. So I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, I think it's, you know, paid promotion. What does it matter? The reality is us. No, it's not. There's a link below. You click on it. You get a 30 day free wait yeah. list. The most important thing is exactly what we've been talking about. 
at the end of the day, this is just nothing more than a numbers game. Number goes up, number goes down, right? That's it. That's how the Leafs look at it. They, they, got, they got us all playing on emotions, and they know it's an emotional game. I don't call it the stock market or the crypto market. I call it the emotional market. That's how it's played. That's how they play you. And if you learn the emotional game side of it, you start to realize how to play the game. And having tools to help you do that is key. And that's what we tried to do here was create an app that's going to help you create an exit strategy. Because I'll tell you this. The hardest thing to do, whether you believe it or not, is to hit the goddamn sell button when you think the price is always going higher. Because we have this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. We don't want to, we don't want to miss the top. Here's something I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you guys all a secret right now. Ready? Everybody pay attention. You're never catching the top, and you're never catching the bottom. I guarantee you. If you do, you're very, very lucky. That's not how the market works. If you catch 80% of the top, 20% of the bottom, you're good, right? And so the tool here helps you do that. And we literally just talked the past 10 minutes about how important it is to have an exit plan. Well, when you have an exit plan in place, the importance of it is when you go to hit that sell button. And I remember the first time Cardano pumped, went up to, I don't know, $1.45, something like that. It was my target. I was like, I got to do it. I put the order in and I was about ready to hit the exit button and I didn't want to hit it. I was like, I don't want to know what's going on. And I remember coach saying, dude, I remember him saying this to himself. He said to himself, you made an exit plan. You picked this target for a reason. Freaking execute it. I remember him because he was sort of. So I hit the sell button. And then I remember sending a text. Like, Guys, I did it. I was all excited. It was a hard thing to do. As the warder said, it's hard to do. It's discipline. But you develop that practice. Well, good thing I did because what's Cardano at today, guys? 44 cents. Now, we know it's going to go higher someday. But the reality is, no. You play what's given. And the more you can take and put and fill your bags up, the more opportunity you have with gunpowder to buy later. So it's all about training your mind to know the game so you know how to get played and put a plan in place. Because when these things pump, it happens fast. You don't yeah. have a lot of time to react. Thank you, Roto. And we're about to dive right back into our news. So I want to say thank you for joining us today. We got 430 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're interested in using the Crypto Tracker, go sign up for the free 30-day trial. There's no downside to that. But we're going to dive into some XRP news because we got waters above on the program. And I do want to ask him some specific questions about the phoenix that will rise from the ashes. So we have a very interesting article we found from the World Economic Forum that states XRP may be serving as a bridge currency for cross-border payments. This is not the first time and it's not the last time we've seen these rumors, but we know all the ties that Ripple has to the World Economic Forum. I'd like to focus on that um, that economics article that came out, I believe, in 1988, where they showed the phoenix rising from the economic collapse. And we've always addressed that XRP could be that phoenix. Can I ask you, is XRP the phoenix that rise from the ashes? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say this. XRP is my second biggest holding. Like I have a lot of X, like I have a long-term investment thesis on XRP. When I started buying it, it was like 17 cents, 18 cents, 20 cents. I sold a grip of it when it, when it went up to that, those levels I told you about earlier. And then I have yet to reinvest in it just because I don't think XRP is going to be isolated from what's to come next. Um, I don't even think precious metals are going to be ice. I think precious metals, everything is going to take a hit. But what I've been saying is that when I see that 22 cent, 23 cent or even lower XRP, like that will be a very big chunk buy in for me because I believe in this project long term. Like I see its purpose. Um, but this whole conversation about rising from the ashes and comparing it to that uh, that Economist article, that has been something that's been going on now for the past three years. 
And when I remember when it went up to the dollar for that first time <clears throat> in a long time, people thought that that was the moment. And that was why I was getting so much flack when I started explaining the selling of it, because they thought that, you know, the XRP army, like they just like the second it goes up 5%, they're all like coming out of the woodwork, like, you know, throwing a party. And it's like, guys, it went up 5%. Like this is an altcoin, right? But it has that energy around the community. So I always try to like tell that particular community, like, hey, guys, like the moment that these things start actually unfolding it's going to be noticeable in the fiat system. Like you're going to see things change with regular money before you really see these changes happening in blockchain technology. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that blockchain technology is going to be part of the future system, right? It's going to be the replacement system. It already kind of is. It had, the inner workings are there in the background. It's just about the implementation and the execution that's a little bit difficult because you need a transition phase. Now, how does the elite perform a transition phase? With chaos, they make some event happen. That's why we had 9-11. That's why we had C-19. That's why we have all of these things, even World War. You know, look at what happened in 33 with, with the gold. Look at what happened in 70, 71, 72 with gold. I mean, they could really do whatever they want whenever they want. And they know how to implement it with enough time in between to execute. So just remember, like, if we're going to start to see a really massive change in in this market i would look out for a couple things one i would look out for stable coin dominance the next thing i would look out for is how the overall market is reacting like are we seeing precious metals stocks crypto and everything keel over at the same time that would be a signal to me with with uh eth dominance xrp dominance and with uh the overall stable coin dominance whether you're looking at usdt or usdc if we start to see those things like dramatically go up, we're we're going to watch all those shit coins go to zero. Now, that is the perfect opportunity, actually, to see this so-called Phoenix rising from the ashes event with these ISO 222 coins. So that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it from like a technical and like this has rhyme and reason. What I just said has like totally, you know, I'm not talking about new money entering the market. Shemitah, after the Shemitah crash, there is no new money that enters the market. Everyone's losing money. The elite sold a long time ago. They already sold last year. You, you understand? Like the apex predators sold during November to January. They're out of this market. And the Fed stopped putting money in this market a long time ago. So what we're watching now is retail slowly kind of play hot potato. So when we have the big Shemitah crash, like when we start to see the S&P break support and it just starts to you know, keel over further, we're going to see everything start to move at the same pace. And that's an indicator for me. Then I'll look at stablecoin dominance. I'll look at ETH dominance. I'll look at XRP dominance. Because I said this a couple of days ago as well for anyone who doesn't watch my videos. When I started to see XRP break out of a pattern, a technical pattern that I was sharing, I, I told everyone immediately, now watch ETH, watch XRP dominance. We're going to see XRP dominance go up to 3 to 4% like pretty damn quick. And literally yesterday was just a straight line to like 2.25. So I'm not looking at this market like from just one angle. I'm trying to see the balance, okay? Because for me, and the reason why in my videos, I always cover Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP. I have my esoteric purposes, like when we get into mythologies, but just to keep this like on the track that we're already on. For me, when those are off, uh, when they're not balanced, that's when I start to look at the imbalances in those three projects to then look at what's to come. That makes sense? And yeah. if we have 20,000 altcoins that are just nonsense, that liquidity is going to go somewhere. 
remember, probably 80% of them have under a million dollar market, you know, because they're just made in a day, they're pump and dump, they're gone. But with that being said, there are some bigger projects out there that will be rug pulls, just like Terra Luna. Okay. So a lot of people right now, they're not ready to see that kind of stuff. You know, there could be projects that are going to, that like Solana, who knows? It could be Cardano. I'm not here to say that I know exactly, but I'm just here to warn people that it is possible. So for me, I'm keeping my eyes on these ISO 222 coins because I do feel like they're the safest play at this time. If I had to make a, a, an assumption here of how to rebuild a portfolio uh, outside of the Bitcoin and Ethereum conversation, I would totally be looking at things like XRP, Algor Algorand, Quant. I mean, that would really be where I'd be putting my my focus. But I don't have too much confidence in uh, this transition to be one where retail makes it through. I think we're going to see a dot-com bubble effect where retail is going to be gone from this market for probably years. It's going to be too devastating. There's going to be too many layoffs. And people just can't afford life right now. You got to admit the gas prices are really high. The food prices are really high. We're going to probably see a correction in the housing market. So with all that chaos, you have to think like, how are retail going to play this game? And the elite are not playing the shit coin game. They're not playing the, the super low market cap altcoin game. That's retail. So we do have a retail component. And if we disregard that, you know, it's going to be difficult to um, have an overall thesis that's correct. So Waters, do you think that that, you know, because we, we know you talk about the eclipses and we know what's coming. Uh, and so do you see that more as a like maybe extending what they consider a bear market, right? Like, so maybe we don't have that bull run in 2025 or do you think it'll still kind of follow that roughly four year cycle? Yeah, we I kinda, think we'll get the bottom in November and then, you know, we're moving towards the happening and yes. then we move up. Right. Yeah. So I believe that we're going to continue to see the having play out because Bitcoin runs on solar and lunar cycles. Whenever it enters a solar cycle, it does incredible. And this has been proven since the Genesis block, since the creation of Bitcoin. When we're in lunar cycle, lunar phase, I should really say, we see downtrends. And when we see downtrends in Bitcoin, we see downtrends in everything else. So when we're when we transition into April eclipse of 2023, I believe by then we're going to have a reversal of energy in Bitcoin. But the, the conversation is what's going to make it through? What's going to make it through October 20th? Because my time frame is the third week of October throughout Q1 of 2023. Because if you look at the stock market, you see about February to March after the Shemitah is when that market's kind of like starts to stabilize. And the stock market, another thing, some words of wisdom. And and if anyone is a follower of my work, if you're on my Patreon, you'll see a video called The Jubilee Decoded. And I give a very thorough breakdown with all of these charts and I just show you everything. And I show you the past and, and repeatable cycles. So it's not just me like doing modern day technical analysis. And then I take the Bitcoin cycle of 2014, 2015, and I try my best to overlay it and give you some sort of comparison. But with that being said, that is experimental technical analysis. What I could say with with certainty is the stock market is still kind of moving with I mean, crypto is still kind of moving with stocks. So if we see the market, you know, take a dump into fall time this year and then get a little bit of a relief rally, we can still see it keel over into this time next year. What that means is one year after the Shemitah is typically a time frame where we could continue to see a stock market downtrend. Now, we can't say that on crypto because crypto hasn't existed that long we don't have enough chart data 
Um, so I would like to say that I believe crypto is going to go through a not a full blown decoupling phase, but I just think because the bigger washout will happen and all of those shit coins are going to go away, there's going to be a rotation. And when that rotation comes, it's going to actually save the top cryptos. It's going to make them uh, move on to another cycle. And I think the having will be if you study havings, they're not bullish. Havings are the best buying opportunity before we flip bullish. Please know this. So you want to buy the having. I mean, if you don't buy the having, you're missing out on what it, I teach Wyckoff method. I'm, I'm sure most of you who've done my course are aware of this, but Wyckoff method is, is brilliant because it gives us this ability to actually take a market schematic, a chart schematic, and, and identify where these mo big moments will come. So what we call the selling climax in Wyckoff method, I believe we're about to experience soon. This is the most exaggerated sell-off. After we have a selling climax, we have a complete opposite reaction where it, it creates what's called a, a bear trap where bears think we're going to keep going lower. And it actually just flips the opposite way where we see what looks like a mini bull run. And if you go back to Bitcoin in like 2018 into 2019, no one was expecting that relief rally. No one. But if you study Wyckoff method, you would see that that was clear as day. The market was oversold after already being on a perpetual long term downtrend. If you take a halving cycle and you look at the space in between that selling climax, that automatic rally and the C word crash, it was perfectly laid out like it. What I'm trying to say is it was predictable. And the reason people did not believe it was predictable because they were following news, they were following Twitter, they were following all the drama and theater. But if you look at an 85 percent correction in Bitcoin and then you look at the reaction to that that buyback that happened into the summertime of 2019 and then compare it to the altcoins the altcoins didn't do that awesome and a lot of them went to zero in between bitcoin having a full 85 percent correction and that automatic rally you see where i'm going with this it's like don't buy a fall don't try to catch a falling knife with this next correction because it might be a coin that you're interested in that might go to zero so bitcoin is the market energy it's like the soul it's like the sun and you really want to be like, you know, kind of patient at these times, because if we're going to see the stock market continue to go on a downtrend all the way into September of 2023, well, what do you think crypto is going to do? That's a huge time horizon uh, for, for things to unfold, especially with the having being in what, March to May of 2024? Yes, that's what they believe. Right. So when we get to that yeah. time, and like I just said before, and we'll I'll move on to you guys can take over from here. But like, if you just think about what I said about how the having is actually a buying opportunity, it's not a bullish time frame. So let's take everything I'm saying, guys, and really like I'm giving you I'm giving you like a fucking crystal ball right here. Okay. If we have an automatic rally before March or May of 2024, that will be the best moment to de-risk your crypto before we see another turnaround. So you don't want to be sitting on these coins for year after year after year if you're getting this opportunity presented to you, okay? This is a moment where we could actually see XRP new all-time high. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds weird. But think about just the shifts in economy and the shifts of legislation and you know regulation on the horizon and all of these things going on. I'm not making it up. It's there in paperwork from the government. So... These And I'm not saying it's going to go to $20 or $30, but I just mean that we could even have a double top. We could even have XRP just shoot up in a straight line to 330 
and then roll over and have this event, like I just said before, of like a secondary pullback, like a partial bear market within a bigger uh, recovery phase. So there's a lot I unpacked there. I hope it had value for uh, you guys in your community. Oh, 100%. Dude. It, it always does, right? Especially when you're talking about Wyckoff, um, because um, we don't, you know, people don't know what it's called, but like we, re we refer to it a lot and there's a lot of the book back in the community. So um, uh, real quick, I know Johnny has something, but if people want to like start learning their own TA, where can they go to learn Wyckoff? Because I feel like that's like the basis of everything. When, yeah. when you're starting to learn right yeah well i mean uh again not to promote my work necessarily but i have been building all of my course material out with starting with wyckoff method because i believe that wyckoff method is the market compass so it's like if i put a bag over your head and drove you into the middle of the desert like that's kind of what's happening when you get out of that car and that that you know your eyes are revealed on where you're at you have no fucking clue where you are and 99 percent of people that up that load up a chart don't know where they are they have no clue they're lost in the middle of the forest so wyckoff method is the way that you could literally within five seconds go i know where i know where i'm at you could identify where you are in the chart then after you identify where you are in the chart you're able to actually know what probability what's to come so that's how i teach wyckoff method and that's the way that um i pretty much cover in all of my work it's the basis and fundamentals of my work but if you like, you could probably just search it on Google, uh, on YouTube, and find introduction material. It's out there completely for free. Um, I remember in my mastermind course going back in September of 2020. Shit. Well, that's a while ago. Like I actually came out with that course before I even made my YouTube channel. And I was talking about Wyckoff and how we were about to have what's called an SOS, a sign of strength. And then after a sign of strength, we have a backup phase. And this is like the backup phase is the final moments before we go parabolic. And then we went parabolic into 2020, uh, 2021, excuse me. And that was really what helped me start to become, I don't want to say a believer, but it validated the, the profound, like, you know, the simplicity, but also the, the accuracy of Wyckoff method, because this man was alive a hundred years ago. And you can still use this methodology in crypto, which is the most volatile asset class of all time. So it helped me save people a lot of time because you don't need to learn all this fancy indicators and patterns. And now that stuff is great. I use indicators and I use all of that, but it is secondary. It is tertiary. What is fundamentally the most important and primary part of my analysis is Wyckoff method because I don't care if you have a Ferrari with an amazing engine and the gas tank is full. If you're fucking lost and you don't know where you are, it's just a Ferrari <laughs> yeah. that's lost. Yeah. yeah. So you could pay for a $500 indicator package that has all this fancy shit on it. But if you don't know where you are, you're just in a Lamborghini that's lost in, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I hope that helps people see like this is a lot of people. The reason they don't do well in technical analysis and also talk badly on technical analysis is because they don't know what it is. They just simply don't know. So it's like, if I don't know about cooking, why should I have opinions on chefs? You know, you like maybe. Right. Yeah. And you either enjoyed their food or you didn't. But outside of that, like until you actually start chopping up onions and carrots and actually sauteing vegetables, like you should probably hold off on these extreme, you know, and we hear this a lot with the way that a lot of YouTubers carry their opinions about the TA. And it's unfortunate because TA changed my life. It allowed me to become a trader. And I was living at the time where a couple of my businesses failed because of the pandemic, sadly. But I responded to it by saying, I need to make a change. 
So I traded to just buy groceries, you know, and if somebody could say that that's not a, a skill of that's helpful, then I mean, what's how could you say that? But it took me doing the yeah. due diligence and actually learning. And I'm just fortunate enough that I found Wyckoff method when I did because it saved me a lot of time. It really expedited the process. Waters, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is diet. So this is something I'm very conscientious of. I, I do fasting and I do a lot of cardio and I've really focused in on my diet these last three or four years. It's had a massive impact on the way that I'm able to be disciplined. And I think it plays a role into investing. So what are some of your thoughts on fasting in particular? Is there a benefit to that? Is that something everyone should be doing? Or what are some of your thoughts behind fasting? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. Well, I Sorry. actually, no, 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 no. I've actually, so I was into fasting for a decade before I even knew what crypto was. So it's something I actually have more insight and knowledge regarding, you know, health and wellness and consumption and, and fasting and how to um, properly eat for your body. Uh, so it's a great question. And I what do believe- things one of the things I wanted to ask you on, sorry to cut you off in particular, was the way that people are able to get in line with what reality is during a fast, right? So one of the things that you don't anticipate when you're doing like an extended fast is the amount of emotions that will emerge that you really don't fully understand until you work through. I did a pretty, I guess you would call it an extended fast about 36 hours. And how I felt during that time was very sensitive. I felt like everything around me, I was having some sort of a energy transfer with, if that makes sense. And it was difficult for me to be around large groups of people. So I'm interested to, if you think that fasting and practicing, you know, having a disciplined diet, does that bring you closer to truth? And is that something investors should be doing? Uh, yeah, I believe everyone should be practicing fasting first and foremost, because of the conscious perspective, like it allows you to be more still and more calm. And I'll, I'll give it like this. Uh, I have done multiple three day dry fasts. And on a dry fast, you don't consume any food or any water. And by day three, I don't want to talk to people. I don't, I don't have any energy for drama. I don't, I don't want to watch TV. I don't even want to look at my cell phone. But what it alleviate all that energy and prana that I used to like release to the external, it somehow comes back to me. And when I'm in that, when I'm in that mode of operation, I become so clear and so like in tune and intuition really unlocks. And uh, I remember when I was a full-time trader before I really kicked off doing consulting and mentoring and all the things that I'm doing with Waters Above, when I was in that phase, I was really doing a lot of fasting, a lot of long-term fasts, and it was helping me handle people's emotions. Like when people would come to me with problems or whatever they're working with, or even with myself with being a trader and calming down my emotional state, I mean, that was really, really a helpful thing. But outside of that, Fasting should be done to allow yourself to detoxify from all of the things that you used to consume. And when I say detoxification, I'm not necessarily just talking about the body. I'm also talking about your mental state. So there's something very important there. And I think a lot of people have turned, and I'm not saying this to, to say anything negative about other people's work, but with intermittent fasting becoming popular and with just fasting in general becoming popular, it's taken a very materialistic sort of role and the spiritual and in conscious perspective has sort of been sidelined like this is not a new phenomenon people have been fasting since the dawn of time religions practice it right so <clears throat> my bigger point here is that if people want to get into fasting just please please be conscious that intermittent fasting protocols have actually created more eating disorders than almost any other form of dieting it's not even a form of dieting it's just a restriction so what i say is it's not it's not actually intermittent fasting it's called time restricted feeding 
you're actually choosing when you want to eat and the window of which you don't want to consume. But please protect yourself from eating disorders because that's a huge thing that occurs. You start overthinking shit that you never thought about before and you start timing when your next meal is going to be. And that's where it becomes really like bad for your soul, you know. So if you're going to get into fasting, just please like do it with an intuitive sense. Listen to your body. Know when you feel like shit is probably a good time for you to fast. If you and the if you and the if you and the guys went out and had five beers and you feel like shit in the morning and you have a headache, you know, probably fast that one out. That's kind of how you want to use it. And then you learn from there how to listen to your body. But many people are doing fasting the same way we just talked about investing. They're just blindly following somebody, thinking that that person's body will have the same effect on their body. Like you gotta know if you're 60 years old and you're 50 pounds overweight. Um, and you're not, you know, you have skin conditions and this, that, and the third, if you're listening to a 25 year with a six pack, it's going to be a different fasting protocol. <laughs> There's going to be di different detox symptoms, but very few people want to see that, so, you know? So it's the same thing with investing. Like if somebody has a million dollars and you have a hundred dollars, there's a different strategy here for, for you. Right. And I want people to know that if we're going to talk about fasting, I think that's the most thing, most important thing to, to know is listen to your body. Yeah, I think um, it's very fascinating. You know, I started fasting too, but I just let it happen naturally. I don't even plan it. I don't time it. It just it works. You kind of let it go with the flow. But I just want to get back to when we think about. There's a great question we had here in terms of, you know, with with everything we talked about today, waters. Right, one of the things that's on everybody's mind is how do you protect your 401k, right? Because there's some <clears throat> some limited capabilities on what we can do. Yeah. Um, but I'd say one first thing, guys, educate yourselves, invest in yourselves first. And what I mean by that is when, when we were all trying to learn this industry and this market and techniques, that's actually how we found waters above crypto. Go out there, do your research, find folks who have expertise in these different types of techniques. I was interested very much in numerology, and that's how I found waters above. But if you're interested in numerology or Wyckoff or Fibonacci's, go go. You can join programs that waters above has or other folks out there. Learn these techniques, put those tools in your basket so that you can then prep yourself for, for what's coming. In terms of the 401k, again, very limited in certain instances. If you have the ability to roll over, you can roll them into iTrust and invest in crypto. Or if you don't, you can take it and you can maybe right now, like I'm going to move a lot of my stuff, you know, just into a, a cash, a cash position, right? As things pull back. And so there's very limited ability, but those are some things. But Waters, I don't know if you have any suggestions of how people can protect themselves during this. Time. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, like the, the thing that we should all kind of look in the mirror and take some personal responsibility with is like you're letting the government hang, like hold on to your money for you. You know, like that's just it, right? Like I'm sure everyone here is conscious enough to know that this group of this entity does not have your best interest in mind, you know? So like, I, I know that's like a, a hard pill to swallow, but I mean, for me, I tell people get out of that shit forever. Don't ever let them hold your money. Like, I know it might suck to take a penalty or whatever's going on with that. Like, again, people are all over the world with different retirement programs. People in Australia have superannuation. I mean, this is not an across the board answer uh, for everyone because everyone's government is slightly different with this. But the thing that is across the board is you're giving the government access to your funds, Right. So if we would have been conditioned to actually invest as opposed to putting money in 401ks and retirement plans, there'd be a lot more success. Uh, you would see, I mean, there's already been charts showing that if you just take the same amount of money on average over like a 40-year time horizon of investing in the S&P versus having a, a retirement fund, I mean, most people would be upwards 
uh, into the millions by now, just over 40 years, right? Which is a, a long time horizon to work, but that's the average time horizon most Americans and most people in the world are working before they so-called retired. So anywho, like, I just think that, you know, yeah. if I could get my money out of a system that is a draconian, parasitic vampire system, then like I would probably put some effort into doing such. I mean, for me, I actually... And I, I, I think I've exposed this before, but I'm super heavy cash. Like, I don't I don't want to have risk right now because I believe we're going def more deflationary. Like, I see precious metals about to pull back. So when I'm seeing precious metals technically and fundamentally about to pull back, that's a sign like, dude, everything's going to pull back. So I want to have access to my cash. And if you're in 401ks in this, you don't have that same access. But as for the future, I mean, for tax purposes and all of that, I think that's why some people try to do it, like perhaps some tax liability. I would just say invest your money in a business, like take it, take it out of that 401k. Uh, I wouldn't want to mess with that. That's not financial advice, by the way. Do what you want to do. Do your own research. I stopped putting, I stopped putting money into it, dude. And yeah. I took the financial respons responsibility myself because I, what I realized is I'd rather trust myself with that yeah. money and do something with that money than trust some uh, financial advisor or whatever bullshit they had set up. So you're yeah. right. I, I took the penalty. I took that money out. And, and now I'm investing that and I'll trust myself and I'll ride or die with myself. Right. Yeah. Well, if you, if you, if you took the penalty back in 2007 or whatever, like, I mean, they started taking, you know, people's whole retirement, like their pensions from them yeah. during that crash, during that crash. So it's like, if anyone wants, to, and I, this is what I, why I talk about gold the way I do gold and silver, because everyone that's a gold bug or precious metals bug, they don't want to open their eyes to all of the really negative draconian moves that the government has done against that asset class. So it's mm. the same thing with the 401k. They sold you on this shit being safe, but then in our lifetimes, they have proven to you that it is not safe. It's also not effective because how many people retire that are just barely scraping by at the end, getting payouts by their own government like they're a child getting an allowance, like lunch money, right? Why do you and want your most, government? And I think the most important part is they sacrifice the most important part of their life. They're willing to give up their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s so that they can have this back-end retirement. And when they get to that point, they're already tired, so it doesn't make any sense. Right. If I had 300 to 400 bucks every single paycheck that was excess, I'd be putting that towards building a business. Right? You could even be more you could even be more sophisticated than that. You could take 25% of it and invest that and take the other 75% and build a business. Like you need to build businesses, guys. Like that's your mo that's your your mission. Like Waters Above says, build a business in 2023. <laughs> End of story. Like build a business in 2023. Like I am, I'm manifesting abundance for all of you. I know you'll all do amazing. Like, please don't just live a life of waiting for a market to eventually go up. Like there's more to life and you're, you're all beautiful. You all have amazing skills. You're all, you all have a specific unique imprint. I'm talking to every single person that's listening to this right now. You all have a unique imprint to offer this world. So do not have any self-doubt, believe in yourself, create something amazing don't worry about the the noise. All right. And that's, that's really what's going to change your life. Like, because if you're just waiting around for markets, it's the same thing as waiting around for the apocalypse or waiting around for the food shortage or waiting around for the second coming of Christ or waiting around for whatever the UFO yeah. to show up. Like you got to take personal <laughs> responsibility now when you, when you take action in the now and it's for yourself, that's where your life will change. But too many people are waiting for something to change their life. 
And that's kind of like this whole conversation coming back to the Mita and everything else, because that's why I'm taking this so seriously right now with everyone is you're about to watch so much of the populace of the world. I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about the entire planet is not ready for what is about to happen. I'm not trying to instill fear into people. I'm trying to get you who's listening right now to see clearly. And this is a beautiful opportunity for you. Again, I'm not predicting crashes. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just, this is a cycle. Waters above didn't cause it. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just, They're gonna it's blame just, you, bro. That's it, man. <laughs> it's just the cycle. And like, it's, it's right. how you re it's how you respond to the cycle that really sets you up for the next seven, 10, 70 years, whatever that time horizon is for you. But you got to remember in that dot com bubble, Whoever responded to that crash and bought the proper investments at that time, they're not working today. Right. They're not yeah. worried about they're yeah. not. Yeah. Some of them might not even be worried about having businesses. And that's what's really amazing is like when you do nail some of these amazing buying opportunities, it might. I mean, I do it every week with uh, my Red Pill podcast over on my Patreon. The the Wolfpack is voting on these coins. So a lot of them, I don't even know until I do the TA. And just to give an example, I can't even count on. 20 hands how many 20,000 percent gains i've seen 70,000 percent gains 150 percent a thousand percent gains dude that's like a thousand bucks you're thinking into a fucking million dollars yeah yeah you know it's and crazy. this is happening this is happening in short order this is not a 20-year play this is like stuff that has happened in two years you know but like who actually lived through that play i guarantee you it was less than a, a handful of people because they're impatient they don't want to buy the dip whatever like it's been talked about throughout this entire interview right but we're about to see something like that like of epic proportions unfold and i really just want people to be part of that change like to be part of that response uh because how beautiful would it be for everyone in your community everyone in my community to be on this wavelength together right 100%. and that's so exciting yeah. like when we head into this next yeah. bull run in 2025 or whenever it takes place the people who are in our community, we're all going to get wealthy and experience this new energy at the same time. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. But I want to finish this episode off with a couple of the crypto articles that we had prepared today. Before we get into that, we got 408 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Shout out to the Wolfpack this morning. We love that you guys are joining us. We're about to show you a very interesting article as the SEC is claiming that all of Ethereum falls under U.S. jurisdiction. They're claiming that most of the nodes and validators are centralized within America, and that gives the SEC control over this network. I don't even really focus, want to focus on that narrative in particular. What I want to ask Waters, is there going to be a day when the governments come for Ethereum? Is the Ethereum Alliance going to get exposed for the corruption that they went through back in 2015 through 2018 and all the way through into the lawsuit was filed in 2021? Will there be a day when Ethereum has to pay for the corruption that took place? Well, I mean, very like very esoteric answer, I suppose. But I think Vitalik is just like another Elon. Like, I think he's a he's a selected being who has handlers and nothing he does. He actually did. Um, he's just there as the sock puppet, like face of the organization. Um, and it's very easy because he's talented at speaking and he's like, I don't want to call him a nerd because that sounds disrespectful, but he's articulated in a sense that's extremely technical so he can bedazzle you with all the blockchain speak. Okay. But that doesn't mean shit. We hear it from Elon all the time. And I know this man has no talent. He has no skill. Um, he's just there to give interviews. He's there to talk companies, barely profitable. It's not even his company. Actually, most of them, he just buys from people that already built them. Uh, 
So what's so amazing about this Vitalik character and, and this whole story about Ethereum in my uh, truth, my truth is that Ethereum is actually going to be part of the new uh, stock market. I think LIBOR and Maribor, I think we're about to see the tokenization of the stock market. And it, I believe it's going to be smart contracts. And I see Ethereum actually playing a role in the way that this will all go down. So whatever negative shit they're giving you now, it's just to build some sort of narrative. But I, I see tokenization of the stock of the stock market on the horizon. Um, I think it's going to look very similar to the way cryptos do today. Um, I think crypto and the way that all rolled out was actually like a test run for what they want to pull off with the stock market. And think about it, especially with LIBOR and Maribor, they're able to do these loans. They're able to do these, uh, you know, collateral based loans. Like, I mean, how many companies for the last couple of years were doing the collateralized uh, blockchain, uh, sorry, collateralized crypto loans. So, you know, what I've been telling people is ETH has been operating in price action the way it is because they don't really actually want retail to be in ETH. It's the same thing with XRP, guys. They're playing these moves and swings in the chart because they want to make it not sexy. Because people only care about stuff like Shiba. You know? Yeah, that's what people that's what people fall that's what people fall for. So my my bigger point here is that I think that the stock market is going to be tokenized. I think Ethereum will play a big role in that whole transition. Um, so I don't think Ethereum is going anywhere. I think Ethereum is going to continue to be in the top three big players of blockchain cryptocurrency for the dawn of time. And Gonzo, you do so much work on Ethereum in particular, but I want to remind our listeners yeah. that Vitalik Buterin was actually bragging about selling the top of the market. He said he convinced the Ethereum Foundation to sell 70,000 ETH at $4,500 in November, and he was bragging about how he knew that was the perfect time to sell. So it goes right into what Waters was just saying there. But I want to give you guys a chance to ask any questions. Waters, we've gone way over. I don't want to take too much of your time, but if you're willing to keep going, we I got stuff prepared. So Gonzo, uh, I'll give you the floor here. Any questions that you'd like to ask Waters? Uh, no, I was just going to make a comment on the Ethereum thing because, you know, I'm, I'm like the, the Ethereum guy. And I, like, you know, we tell people all the time, don't get wrapped up in the narratives, right? I'm looking at the investment thesis and what I can make off of Ethereum, right? And so that's why I was saying anything at a thousand or below for Ethereum, I'm going to dollar cost average in just because I know where they're going with it. And and whatever narrative they come out with, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it because I, I you know I agree with Waters that it, it's going to be here in the end, right? It's it's a chosen one. And so the more that we can find some of these chosen ones or these ones that are going to be around, and we can hedge our bets, the better off it, it is for us. Uh, as far as an investment thesis. Thank you. And Johnny, I'm not sure if you have any closing comments, but I do want to ask Waters one more thing related to XRP. We saw Brad Garlinghouse meet with the CFTC this week, and they obviously were having discussions about the evolution of the crypto market, but they said the primary focus was the connection between public and private ledgers in the future. So I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Do you think the CFTC is eventually going to have jurisdiction over regulating crypto? And if so, is that a positive for the market? Well, uh, regulation is another way of saying uh, less ROI. Like, so whenever things become like standardized and regulated and there's all this like structure behind it and more retail gets in because they feel confident now to like play the game, that's when you're going to see the ROI, like this meteoric ROI that you get with uh, crypto is going to vanish. You know, that's yep. not going to be a thing anymore. Yep. So it's kind of interesting because... I am not necessarily sure how they're going to pull off the regulation of this on a global scale without having some sort of CBDC structure in place beforehand. 
So that's kind of what I'm first keeping my eyes on. Like, I just don't get how they could start to regulate all these cryptos universally without having some sort of blockchain. Like, I'll tell you what I see looming. I think that the new dollar is just going to be like the dollar we have today. It's going to be fiat-like, but it's going to be a fiat-like stable coin, whether it's the SDR or it's something else. But it's going to be broken down into sections where like, we'll probably have Mexico, Canada, United States will get its own, which we already know was a thing that they talked about during like the Obama administration. It was called the uh, Amero. Then we have the Euro. They're going to have, they're going to swallow up Africa probably. So it's going to be Africa is going to get swallowed by Europe. And then all of the, all of the Nordics into most of Eastern Europe. And then we're going to have Russia, China, basically swallow up australia new zealand and that entire economy and we'll probably have like a basket of four to five universal stable coins they will all be in conversation with each other like they'll all be able to be interoperable that's when i'm expecting after that for there to be regulation in cryptocurrencies that we talk about today like it's going to go in that form so i think it's i don't really like have much to say specifically about the regulation side of it because just of just what I explained, the unfolding of that, <clears throat> the unfolding of that could bring about completely new sections of government that we've never even heard about. We could watch whole we could watch the entire Euro central bank just go away. We could watch the entire SEC go away. Why do we need to have the SEC? So if we're going to bank on specific sections of government to somehow have a longevity in this conversation and be powerful at a, a future date. That's kind of where I'm thinking outside the box. And I want to see results first in certain areas. It was like what I said about my TA. Like, I want to see this happen with the dominance. And then I want to see that happen. Like, that's my way of thinking. I'm thinking like a chess player. Like, I'm like seven moves ahead. Well, let's it's show not- you one more chess move that's taking place right now, Waters, because China is announcing their central bank digital currency trials. And the reason I think this is so important is because I've heard government officials in the United States say that once China does this, They're going to have a technological advantage over us. So we're going to have to launch our own CBDC within the United States. What do you think about America needing to basically adopt these communist and social credit score mindsets in order to compete with other nations such as China, uh, France, and all these other first world countries? Yeah, well, first and foremost, America actually created the social credit score system. We have credit right now with the score. And that was that's normal. We have like FICO 11 now or some shit. Like even during the pandemic, they created. Yeah. So I think sometimes when people think China's like and I I don't live in China, I know that it could be very awful. By no means am I trying to say that America is anywhere like. But in the context of the conversation of socialism, dealing with legislation and dealing with money. Um, we all have to kind of admit that we do have the same base layer foundation for the unfolding of a social credit score system that is very, very similar, especially when you start to look at the way that America has all this influence over the world. So I don't know what they're doing with this whole idea, but I do think there's a moon landing type vibe going on here where they're like, oh, we want to beat the Russians or we want to beat like the first one to do it or the responder to it. That's kind of how I'm looking at what you just said. And they're, of course, that shit was fake. So they're going to play off the whole thing as an event. And this comes back to what I said earlier. The way that they make this transition phase is with an event. It's not just going to be like they tell people how to change. They're going to create some sort of chaos so that there's some sort of reaction to it. And it's a lot easier to implement these transitions when everyone else is freaking out, fearful and, you know. So one of the things that I think is going to happen 
is they need a strike in the middle of the night because they want to prevent bank runs. They want to prevent the bank runs before the event comes. So you already see the infrastructure they laid out since the pandemic where they were reducing your withdrawals on ATMs, reducing the amount of cash you could take out of your bank. Like they've already set up this infrastructure at Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, etc. So all the commercial banks in America have already followed suit telling you that you're not even allowed to take all your money out of your bank. And if you try, they give you shit for it, right? <clears throat> so my bigger point here is that they're going to strike in the middle of the night with an event, and I would not be surprised if it has China, Russia in the conversation. And if that's a CB, if that's a CBDC launching and response to that CBDC is America following suit, I don't think Americans are going to be that upset about that. Yeah, they're not going to be like America loves these technologies. They love their self-driving cars. They love all this bullshit, green movement nonsense. I know people think that they don't, but like it just is what it is. Like when credit cards came out, nobody expected us all to just slowly transform into that. When iPhones came out, they were sexy. They were awesome. And now they have facial recognition technology. You know, that facial recognition technology wasn't invented by Apple. It was invented by by intelligence agencies. Exactly. So when we think about what's really happening here, the C the crypto and the popularity of crypto and blockchain technology was a soft rollout to get people aware of what's to come in the economy, the future economy. And I think it comes back to that article you shared with the Phoenix uh, rising from the ashes and them basically flexing on us, telling us that there will be a day where there's a globalized fiat-like stable coin that's infinitely printed that has zero value, but the value will be connected to something new. Okay. Please know what I'm saying right now. The value will be connected to your social worth. That's very interesting waters. One other question I wanted to follow up on is that people are tracking carbon credits. And I read a really interesting document yesterday. Not only do they want to track the amount of meat that you're going to consume in the future, they want to track how much gas you're driving. And I even read an article. They want to track your bowel movements to see how much CO2 <laughs> is coming out of you. I swear that was from an official That's government crazy. document. I'm, I'll be sure to pull it up on the show tomorrow, but it really caught my attention because it's so eye-opening that there are people out there who are trying to gain control of us and trying to track things that are so personal. And I, in the beginning, when I first entered this market, these things used to shock me. And now it's almost like the norm. I'm just preparing for it. I'm trying to figure out how to make people aware of these things so they know what to do because I do feel as if awareness is half the battle. So I wanted to get your thoughts on carbon credits. We know this is going to be a new means of control. Is this an actual narrative? Let's go really conspiracy theory here. Do you believe in this concept of global warming or does the earth naturally go through these cycles? <laughs> I'm sorry if this is a little off the cuff, but this yeah. is what I've been studying lately. So it's on my mind. What are your thoughts? Yes, Gee. Um, what are my thoughts on uh, what, what are the your government... thoughts on the carbon credit system that they are trying to implement? And what's the real, what's the, what's the real world utility behind it? Like what is their actual means of control? What are they getting at here? Well, I think it sort of comes back to them testing out how we respond to whatever new thing that they bring up. Like if, if you look back to when the climate change global warming narrative first started, it got an amazing response. Like people just straight up jumped on it and started believing in it because a fucking politician taught them about it in a documentary. This is how gullible humans are. Like when this when the, the scamdemic happened, people were believing in germ theory without any they didn't even know what PCR tests were. Like me trying to explain to somebody what a PCR test is was like trying to explain to like a two-year-old, like, you know, like concepts and they still didn't get it. 
it, 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 so if they come out with anything now, like you just said, I would not be surprised if the public just gobbles it up because the influencers, the real influencers in our world are politicians, government. Then they leverage on people like Kim Kardashian to bedazzle you in a sexual way. But be, besides that, it's 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 pretty deep how this goes. So my opinion on the carbon credits and all that is it's just another thing to test on the public to see how they, you know, you throw breadcrumbs at the pigeons and then they all run for the breadcrumbs. This is what any new psyop is. So any new psychological operation that comes from the, the powers that be, it's always going to be tied to a financial piece. When is it not? It's their only way of controlling you is through money. You know, that's their only physiological way of like actually controlling you. It's so like they did the same thing with, they that's did the same thing with global warming. Controls the money, controls the information, controls the people. Yeah. So the way that I see that whole thing rolling out is we're kind of in an awakening right now. You know, I feel like we've been talking kind of negative a little bit, but like negative in a way that's shining light on this community of, of special people. But I think we're sort of in in a, in a time where people are just starting to snap out of it, like completely asleep. People are starting to like smell the bullshit. So these things like carbon credits and all that, I don't think it's going to work ultimately. I just think it's like a test of compliance. You know, it's the same thing with the pandemic. Like once it stopped working, you saw Boris Johnson come out and be like, no masks, no vaccine mandate, none of this. Like they are so quick to take back their control. Because if the fucking people have an uprising, it's game over. They're outnumbered substantially, right? So you know what will create the, the new better world? If military and law enforcement wake up. If those two gr groups of people wake up to the fact that they're being used, you will see the world become so peaceful and change so quickly. And I hope that anyone who is of military or is a law enforcement officer, I love you. Please wake up because you are protecting vampires. You are protecting a government. You are not protecting your people. So when the next thing comes, you're going to be pointing guns and enforcing your power and control over citizens, just like they did with the C word, just like that pandemic. They had their military and their law enforcement controlling people to do this experiment. And I see what's to come regarding the CBDCs and restructuring of our economy, market crashes, any events. It's going to be that it's going to be like, hey, guys, like you're the ones holding the guns. Please think about the people for once, just for once. Like you think you're doing it for freedom, but in actuality, it's to protect the vampire. So that's my word on that, because ultimately it doesn't matter my opinion about any of this shit. It matters how we as a populace respond to it. And I don't know about you, but my faith in that is limited. All I know is what I'll, I'll be doing. You know, and, and you brought up something so important, which is this mass awakening that's taken place. And I experienced my, I don't want to say awakening, but awakening process started for me in 2020, where I really started to shift and become very conscientious of not only the information, the food that I was consuming, but what I was doing with my energy, right? Like what was I doing that was making me feel good? And I should be doing more of those things, whether that's working out, fasting, eating correctly, being around people I love. But you said something important, which is that people are not signing up for the army and armed forces anymore. And Patrick Bit David actually took to Twitter to tweet about this. He said the army is experiencing a soldier shortage, causing just desperate moves in order to attract new recruits. The army is now offering $50,000, its highest bonus ever, for a six-year enlistment. The real question, why are young men not interested in joining the army? And I'll, I think Waters just hit on it right there. And I'll also tell you another reason. And a lot of people aren't ready for this. 
Okay. They're taking this military and they're offering them side money to be crisis actors. Wow. And this is fucked. Like it's fucked up. Yeah. I know people that have been offered this. So they're real. Like I'll just speak on the Americans. Okay. They're real, solid, good people. So what I just said about the military, I'm not trying to talk negatively on them. Like they mean well, they signed up for potentially solid reasons. And then they got to a moment where they were offered to be a fake crisis actor for side money to be a part of a, of an event. Okay. This shit is disgusting. They do it in Australia. They do it in New Zealand. They do it in Europe. They do it all over Europe because it's, it's very popular there. They, they were doing it in the Netherlands. They do it in Belgium. They do it in France. They're military and law enforcement, and they're getting paid side money to be a fake crisis actor and cause chaos and riots against their own people. So when you're hearing about some of these school shootings and some of these events, I'm not trying to draw conspiracy. I'm telling you the facts. Okay. When these people have this happen to them, some of them have a heart inside and they say, I can't do this anymore. Like I signed up for one thing and I'm getting a totally different thing. So they're starting to get desperate, these elites, and they want to have these these crisis actors ready for the next event. That's what they do. And this moment, I mean, it's not going to be as easy for them because what I said before, I do think we're in kind of an awakening. And this awakening is just coming because you keep hitting people with psyop after psyop after psyop, and eventually they're going to smell the bullshit. So when they started forcing these soldiers to get mandatory vaccines, just that was a huge change. And you started to see a lot of them go, no, I'm not into this anymore. Because what is freedom then? That whether you're pro or against, it's irrelevant. It's that there is no self-sovereignty. There's no freedom. And this is what's comical about this. You're trying to protect this person's health from a virus, but you're willing to send them out on a battlefield to get shot or exploded by grenades? Do you see how insane that sounds? Yes. You're willing to have them. <laughs> it, it, I don't even need to explain it. Yeah. I literally don't even need to explain it. So the psychopathy is so deep and, and awkward that they're waking up and, and they can't do this for too long. So I've met and I'm lucky that I have my platform because I've had so many soldiers, doctors, people that work in law enforcement who've come to me. And have been very, you know, I didn't expect it, but they were starting to thank me and say, like, I'm so glad that you speak this way because so many people of regular people are brainwashed into thinking that this is what the TV shows us. And this crisis actor perspective of it, you know, I know it to be true and they're getting very desperate. And I wouldn't be surprised if that $50,000 number you're seeing gets increased to $100,000 and then 150 because you know what that 50,000 number is coming from the fucking central bank. They just walk over to a keyboard and print it and they give it to a, a, pers a particular side of government and then they get to disperse it how they would like. It is a sham. Okay. This 50,000 is worth nothing. But so a soldier who has two kids at home, that means everything. Okay. So you got to know that this is their number one technique. This is what they did during the pandemic with the, the stimulus checks. Just shut up, wear your mask, sit at home. Here's your money. And you will behave. So they're pushing a reality in the world that will be like this, where everyone's just getting, uh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> it's like when you um, bribe. Everyone's just going to be bribed through money. And, and this is clear bribery right here. Paid for compliance. But uh, I do have to head out in about five minutes. So 
I've enjoyed. No, uh, I really I, appreciate your platform and you guys giving me the opportunity to talk today. And I think oh, these conversations work. are so valuable. I've looked forward to many more. Yeah. But Johnny, I know you had a closing remark. I want to give you and Gonzo a chance to just say goodbye. Well, yeah, first of all, you know, everybody asks us for a two hour show because we have the fastest hour in crypto. So, folks, you got an hour and a half. Waters, thank you for joining us. We're, we're happy to have you as always. We'll definitely be, you know, you'll definitely be coming back for sure if you want. But uh, thank you for uh, during this crucial time as Sumitha's coming to an end to come here and comment on it and, and be able to provide your perspectives. It was awesome. So, love having you, brother. Uh, have a happy Shemitha weekend, everybody. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a great time. I'm gonna be doing a live stream, a live stream this yeah. Friday. Yeah, those so, hey, those live streams are epic. Oh, they're we epic. love those they're guys. So Ghost, epic, yeah, go yeah. go check out those live streams. Join them; they go for hours and they're fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I really yeah, thank you so that. much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Waters, and for everything that you do. Uh, and um, yeah, just you know, hope to to be on the show with you again and. To, and to keep talking to you and to keep learning from you, just just really appreciate you. Uh, and and uh, I know I we have messaged you before, and um, I've been able to learn so much from you. And, and uh, just thank you. Yeah, I and I want to say the same thing, Waters. You've taught me more than you know, and it's really interesting to see the impact that your specific type of information has on people because it's so unique. The fact that you're able to tie in all these gematria ties into things that people care about, like price action, it's very interesting. It's the best of both worlds, but I do want to say thank you, and I, I've learned so much from you. I'll continue to learn from you. But we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto, and thank you to Waters Above Crypto. Another amazing episode today, and we will see you guys in 24 hours. Like we always say warriors ah, get your shit together baby thank you for joining us let's go let's go <laughs> johnny likes to dance <laughs>